Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Luke and Pete Show. It is Monday, the Czech's tiny little um, calendar on my uh, mobile phone. The 19th of October. I do hope you're faring well. My name is Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by Luke Moore. Luke, how the devil are you? I'm all right, thank you. I'm not too bad. How about how about yourself? You do you doing okay? You had a good weekend. Any car boot sales this week to speak of? No car boot sales. Though I did uh, get a mask that I ordered from China. Um, I saw that, uh, and not that a, was... not a COVID surgical mask, but an actual. I'm going to say novelty mask. It was a novelty humorous mask of uh, an old man, uh, an old man's latex face uh, that I saw on Instagram. I thought, oh, that looks interesting. And um, it it was a decent price. I thought, that's a really professional looking mask at a very, very cheap price. Um, And it turns out the mask that actually appeared uh, was was somewhat, uh, it was, it it left a little wanting, I would say. The the actual, the the finishing, let's say, was a little off. Um, Maybe I can share a picture of it on the Luke and Pete Show um, Twitter. Uh, Yeah, you should. I I think, I think regular listeners to this show will be Mm. absolutely stunned that a man who buys so much off the internet could be duped by such a basic trick. <laughs> because it what's was... happened is that's the equivalent of like when back in the dark old days of eBay, where someone would sell mm. in quotes a house for a tenner mm. and you'd buy it and it would be the size of a thimble. And you yeah. go, oh, I've been done there. That's a shame. You, that's happened <laughs> yeah. to you in 2020. Yeah, I have. And it, the, the thing that got me was that um, I think the actual um, the actual moulding of the actual mo- the latex model itself is the same model that the the, the professional mask that I saw online was. Um, but the actual, as I said, the finishing, the hair, the moustache, the little holes where your little eyes peek out, it's a little bit shoddy it's 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 a tory pp uh ppe deal they've not delivered <laughs> on time they've not delivered in full though if i did got no them pedigree out, even making out. novelty masks <laughs> it's like they've filled up the mold with sick it looks yeah. disgusting and and they've kind of tried to um make liver spots by just basically flicking a paintbrush with uh, brown paint on it it's it's a it's an underwhelming product uh but well done alibaba for, for for seeing me off on that one what was the um motivation for the purchase um an algorithm gave me some cheap chinese twaddle that i wanted to buy you know and i bought it and lesson learned <laughs> Until oh, well, next I didn't time. know if it was for some kind of Halloween type affair. No, no, pl- I've got no Halloween plans this year. To be honest, I, I imagine my uh, my tier 
two or three uh, Halloween opportunities would be severely limited. Though, as I said, if I glued up the mouth, it would probably make a pretty decent um, latex PPE mask. Yeah, just get just get the consolation prize where you can, mate. <laughs> cut, cut the um, cut the um, top half of the face off and seal the yeah. mouth, and just wear it mm. like a, a surgical mask. That'd be amazing. Yeah, it would be absolutely chilly. It's got a little. It's got an inbuilt moustache though with nose. So yeah, yeah. Look, <laughs> it'd be interesting. It'd be an interesting Halloween out on the tiles. I think it'd be very reassuring for people to re- listening to know that wherever they are, whatever's happening in this uncertain world. That you are still making kind of ill-advised purchases off the internet. Mm, yeah, I, I saw something this morning that really caught my eye, and it kind of ties in with the Luke and Pete show. Um, you know, back in the day, we used to do um, battery brands, and we occasionally get a new one every now and again on the Hello at Luke. I think we've exhausted all of them. Haven't com. We? Yeah, we, so people who have um, sort of opened up um, some cheap uh, remote control, and they've found some. Uh, battery that, that you've never seen before really off-brand stuff with an interesting name or an interesting image on it uh there was one i don't know when it was but the j league teams all i don't know i think it's like probably about 12 of them 12 15 of them uh, j league one teams released a battery each uh, and you could huh. buy them in this kind of like selection pack um and 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 it would have on the front of the battery the uh, mascot of each individual soccer team so you had all of the j league teams and i saw that and i was like you know what that's a collectible but you yeah. know, for a fact, as soon as I get it into my house, I won't keep it properly and the batteries will start to leak and rot and we'll be in all kinds of trouble. But I do like the idea of having uh, an, an individual battery, an AA size battery in a little collection case um, from each individual J-League uh, team. It's a lovely little product. I mean, it's niche. It is niche, isn't it? It is niche. You've got to the point in your life where you don't consider that to be niche. But if you take a step back and think about just <laughs> the everyday person, that is a niche product. Mm. And also, I think with in many ways, um, I know for a fact I'd go, run low on air batteries and I'd go, oh, you've got to keep the set, Peter. But Oh, yeah, you won't want to use them. Yeah, Amazon Fire tablet needs a, <laughs> yeah. needs a battery. What um, Can I – I mean, we've been inund- I've been inundated with correspondence of people asking um, what's happened to the collection of wrestling figures you purchased last week. Can we get an update mm. on that? Um, they're still in a carrier bag, uh, to be <sighs> honest. Uh, I've also, uh, in the meantime, to be fair, it's been, it's been a ripe old week. You, 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 you do well to ask me about what I've bought this week because last week it was wrestling figures. Um, this weekend, a um, you know, one of those little um, fellas from the 80s who used to have a suction cup, used to be suction cup to the inside of your um, car and it used to have a little bulb and you'd, pull, you'd press the bulb in uh, and it would reveal his bottom. He'd pull down his pants and really <laughs> Yeah, his vaguely, yeah. Yeah, I bought, bought one of those. 50 quid. 50 quid. What? What is it? It's a vintage collectible or something? It is, yeah. It's from the 80s. And, and, and it's, so, uh, into the, it's, it's so far into the 80s, the actual um, rubber hose that comes with it is starting to perish. So use it or lose it, people. <laughs> you need to look after your latex rubber. I think, um, people, mate, yeah, I think people are going to take the piss when they hear this. You, you, you're spending money. You don't just on random stuff. It's just like it's burning a hole in your pocket, as my dad would say. No, I've got. I know the the. Well, look, we're all Have you reacted lockdown. quite badly to moving house? Because that's what people are starting to think. <laughs> but they've got this. But I want to do a little joke, and I won't tell you what the little joke is. But I'm really looking forward to well, filming because I'm a little bit fucking subject this. of it. I expect. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm very much looking forward to uh, to to doing a little joke. It's a vital prop in the joke. But it's a very expensive make. joke. 
yes, it's a vital prop in the joke I'm going to make. Um, I, it's it's a it's a five second gag. Um, I'm really looking forward to making it. Um, but I it will be underwhelming. Well, once you say it, Luke, it will be underwhelming. But it's it's worth it. What what are we here for? Speaking of that, right? Jokes. Speaking of that, so. Um... Our, our good uh, friend and legendary producer and editor, uh, Katie, who does Jack mm. Happy Hour, who does Luke and Pete Show, and she does some Ramble stuff as well. She's just an all-around legend. She's been on holiday from work for two weeks. So it's her first mm. day back today. And I know, because she said that she was really looking forward to it, that as, when she was away, she was... <laughs> this is bad. Speaking of terrible jokes, this is bad. And the worst thing about it is, I probably was on tenterhooks waiting to say it, for about 72 hours but i saw right. on instagram she went to a socially distanced concert to see sophie ellis bexter mm. right <laughs> right anyway yeah so she went to see she went to um see sophie bexter and when i came in this morning uh she wasn't in she came in a little bit later than me i was recording the ramble and i went back into the office and she was sat in there and i feigned like a really worried face right and I said, oh, Katie, thank God you're okay. And, you know, I heard there was a massive incident at that Sophie Lespexter gig. She's like, really? I was like, yeah, it was all over the news. You not see it? She's like, no. So what was it? And I said, apparently there was a murder on the dance floor, right? <laughs> and she looked at me like uh, I was a disappointing and a bit weird uncle, which to many, in many ways I am. And it was, it fell That's flat on its face, you. mate. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think it was Albert Camus who said, or certainly one of those kind of, um, existentialist who who said or kind of alluded to the idea that the anticipation of doing something is often a lot mm. better than actually doing it like i.e life is the journey yeah. right you don't worry about the destination and i can yeah. say i'm delighted to report that in that instance uh he was absolutely correct yeah did he not also say that the dj better not kill a groove or oh, yeah. be hell to pay burn this goddamn house right down yeah so look, that's <laughs> Seems i understand like all about jokes really, that have fallen it? flat mate i understand how it goes <laughs> You know, it doesn't well, deter I mean, me. Be- I, mean, I mean, I'm not being funny, but Baxter's literally saying she's going to burn the fucking place down in a horrific arson attack because the DJ is, is, it will kill the groove. Yeah. Uh, and and that, that's not up to her. Yeah. She, that's no way to, 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 to improve everyone's time, is it? It's not even a, it's not even a position you can negotiate with, really. And, and also, <laughs> people who've seen us, DJ Pete, will know that we do kill the groove regularly. So we'd be in trouble. We did. Burned to we death. did. <laughs> do you know um, I, I won't I won't because I'll be dousing alcohol actually no yeah. that's, that's the worst <laughs> thing I could be dousing um, thinking about it yeah. um, I remember last time when we, you and I we DJ'd a while years and years ago and um, I we were choosing alternative alternate songs weren't we I remember this and mm. um, I played up to a point not- I played not. Yeah, well, you tried to say that I took over. Before you I'm fucking pissed. disappeared for about half an hour at one point. Anyway, I, uh, I remember at one point um, playing. Jay Z's 99 Problems, right? Mm. And um, some people got up and started dancing. I was pretty happy with it. And one guy who I thought was getting up to dance, right, or to enjoy the song, or to come over to kind of say great tune, right. just went up to, up to me, called me over, and just went too early, way too early. <laughs> I was like, all right, thanks. And that's the last I'm, time I'll DJ. It's probably the last I'm, time I will ever DJ. I'm going to burn this goddamn house right down, he said. Mm. <laughs> so what else did you get up to over the weekend, Don Alton? No, not to be honest. I, I had to cancel a, a social engagement because of my tum-tum. Oh, what? Um, I've had I've had tum-tum problem for about four or five days now, so I think I'm actually going to get to the doctors uh, for the first time in my life. I've had um, ongoing stomach troubles for about 
25 to 30 years and uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm finally going to consult a medical professional about my tum-tum. And so soon after you <laughs> recommended heartily Gaviscon to me last week. <laughs> it's, well, it's the only product out there. It's the only product out there. There was somebody who actually got in touch a little while ago about uh, Renitidine. Apparently, they were part of the. Uh, uh, there was we got an email f- uh, a couple of weeks ago, basically talking about that they're part of the um, food and drug organisation that, that that checks that that the you know supply lines are okay and stuff. And uh, yeah, they, they were at the vanguard of the whole Renitidine uh, cancellation. Renitidine is cancelled. Right. Zantac cancelled. But not because it said something bad, but because it could be genuinely harmful. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's not part of cancel culture, is it? No. Cancer culture, if anything. <laughs> That's offensive. But uh but very good. Uh, I watched a film at the weekend um called The Gentleman. Have you seen it? I have, yeah. I really enjoyed well, um, it. Look, I'll um it's him it's him who did uh, Sherlock Holmes and Lockstock, isn't it? Proper naughty Guy uh, Madonna's husband, Guy Ritchie. He look, he can't write a film to save his life, but I think he can certainly direct. Uh, and I've ne- there's there's very few Guy Ritchie films I've not enjoyed. Um, it's it's a little bit strong with the with the the racial stuff, but um, the, the, my main problem with that film, and I did enjoy every last minute of it, Charlie Hunnam's accent. Yeah, and I think we should talk about this. And what I should say is that um, he's not been married to Madonna for twelve years. Should point that yeah, out. Yeah, still. Um, and he, I'm pretty sure he did write and direct The Gentleman, didn't he? Mm. Mm-hmm. I think he did. Um, yeah, but but um, yeah. So with Charlie Hunnam, I realised having started to watch the movie that I so it's it's basically a, a kind of twenty nineteen version of Lockstock, isn't it? It's much more slickly shot and directed, and it's got a yeah. more famous cast and stuff. But anyway, the point I was just going to make was that when I started watching it, I realised that I haven't actually seen Charlie Hunnam in anything since I saw uh, Green Street, right? Oh, which is 15 right. years ago. Uh, I've was not he, seen any he, of his other movies. And Was he in um, Queer as Fork as well? Uh, yes, he was. And he also Did he get was... his bum-bum kissed? Probably it's <laughs> possible, yeah. Yeah. Also in or Biker Grove. Kissing. Biker Grove? Sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because um, he's a Jordy, isn't he? He's from, from yeah, the and this is the thing, Pete. This is what I was going to say. So he, he did Sons of Anarchy for six years, but I've never seen that. So mm. he, he was in Green Street, and the biggest takeaway from Green Street, which weirdly has this cult following over in the US, which I wasn't aware it's of It's football until. day. Is that, yeah. is that Green Street? It's yeah. football day. But the biggest takeaway is his accent, which is absolutely mad. It is mad. <laughs> Like and he can what's do an American is, accent better than he can do a Southern accent. It's weird. Yeah. So, so notoriously, present company included, um, people from that part of the world find it hard to do a Southern accent. Um, what and, are you fucking talking about, Sunshine? <laughs> and Charlie Hunnam in Green Street, they've obviously thought, you know what, he's a good actor, which I think he is, and he's a great presence mm. and he looks great. We're just gonna we're just gonna get him to do a different accent rather than hiring a Cockney <laughs> actor. We're going to use Hunnam, and we're going to get them to do another accent, and it, it just mm. doesn't happen. It's it's horrendously bad. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what he's going for at some point. At one point, um, they get into a situation with a rival, a fucking naughty rival firm, and um, he just says, he just shouts, "We're going nowhere. We stand and fight," and it just sounds so <laughs> weird. But anyway, his accent in the gentleman is presumably his natural accent but it still sounds weird oh it's no i think he's gone for has he gone for a southern accent he's kind of like oscillating between the two or he's forgotten his accent i can't figure it out in that like he never really 
understood his own accent in the first place. I can't figure it out. But you're still quite good at it. Yes, exactly. And that's presence is everything, isn't it? Like he's just got he's just got that movie star presence, but he just his accents are just obscene. Yeah, Hugh Grant's great in it. I've never seen Hugh Grant play that type of character, like a quite a kind of camp, gay, but rough Cockney reporter, mm. investigative yeah, yeah, reporter. He's, good, yeah. he's really good in yeah. it. He like steals the show in it. Yeah, very enjoyable. Look, it was it was a fun, fun, fun uh, little film, little proper naughty little film. I um I had to fight tooth and nail to have it as my selection in um, Mimi and I's uh, film film night. And uh, mm. she actually enjoyed it as well. So everyone, everyone's happy. Yeah. What's the What's the politics on on that? How does that kind of work? What, what, do you have to like present a case? Is it like lobbying for for the Oscars? Uh, I no. The, the, it's kind of the policy is that I go through a list of films to which Mimi says no to every single one of them, and we end up watching Lord of the Rings. That's what normally happens. <laughs> um, but this time around, that's a long film. I know. This time around, um, I was able to sneak this one through because do you know why? Because <laughs> I. My, one of my other most famous film night victories was uh, Snatch, right? Mm, okay. And um, she really like Mimi really enjoyed that. I think she's just mm. really into the whole the cold British culture of it and stuff. And it's a good story, mm. Snatch. And um, and I, th- I told her it's by the same guy did Snatch, and so she was into it, so we were able to watch it. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen? Did he do Rock and Roller? With, yeah, I haven't uh, seen that though. Yeah, I'm not saying, I, I should get around to watching that because again, I, I do enjoy getting Guy Ritchie films. Some of his movies have been so panned that it's like a joke, right? Yeah, was it King Arthur he did with um, David Beckham uh, making a cameo appearance? Yeah, and he did um, Revolver, which got absolutely battered as well. Yeah, he did that movie with like um, Madonna swept away, didn't he? Yes, yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah, yeah, but he's back on form but with yeah, the gentleman. But... I, I recommend it. I think it's decent. Yeah, it's enjoyable. I went to see um the also went to see uh, last week in a cinema for the first time probably this year, I think. Um I went to see La Haine, you know, the um oh, Vincent Cassell film. It's a brilliant um, film. Uh yeah, it was just nice to see a nice big print, nice big, you know, black and white, um kind of three four ratio um uh, film. It was it was really a bloody good looking film and uh, yeah, just a, a bit of a classic it's, and, and it's um... one that I've kind of very much enjoyed since the nineteenth. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. It's it's so uh, impactful and so like, arresting mm. as a story, and so well done. It's it's brilliant. Is it? Is it, um, is, is it got uh, Vincent Cassel in it? Is that you said? Yeah, he's the, he's the lead. Yeah, I think I think it was his breakout. I think it was that's his right. Yeah, he's role. brilliant in it. He's absolutely brilliant. Mm. In it. It's a great movie. Have I you, recommend have you that. Seen the I've seen the Merlin. Um, Merlin. Uh, yeah, that's I great. It's a trilogy. Well. I've only seen um, the first one. Trilogy. Yeah, it's, it's well worth watching watching through. I think there's three of them, or maybe just two. But either way, it's very good. Um, He's just a very a lovely, guy. Yeah, it, it's well worth digging out if, you, if you've not even seen Lahain, just for film um, historian kind of fans. Uh, watching, there's a scene in the middle of the film, and bearing in mind this was made in like 94, 96, maybe, maybe 97. Um, I'm very forgetful on, on that on that number. But What was um, the only year you shot- mentioned in that? By the way, that's the <laughs> it, it's definitely not that one. It's definitely it's not that one. It's definitely ninety five. There's a there's a shot that looks like a drone shot. There's a the, you know the, oh. the, it's where um what, there's a DJ on the housing estate and he's playing fuck the police mixed in with um uh, yeah, right. and 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 then the the the, the, the shot goes from the um, like a sweeping camera mo- movement from the looking at the DJ in the window turning around and then sort of floating um through the through the housing estate in in, in Paris and, and 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 it looks amazing if a little bit wobbly and I'm like oh my god. 
Is that a drone shot? And it yeah. wasn't. It was a helic. It was a tiny helicopter with a tiny camera on the front, and it was used in like three or four films. But it really was kind of groundbreaking. And Lahaine, I think, was one of the first uh, first films to use it. And it, it's it's a beautiful shot. But now we sort of take it, you know, take it as read that we'll have drone shots in our films because yeah. they're ten a penny and they're really easy to to, to function. But yeah, wow. Well, every in my mind, every single shot in films now is done by a drone. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. Every single documentary shot. He's got a, 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 a bird's eye view of a town done by a drone mm. in autumn. Even even shots even shots that could just be done with like tracks and you know those little kind of minecart cameras. I don't know what they call these. They've just gone rails, aren't they? Um, yeah. yeah. Any those ones that could just be done on that. I think they just use drones nowadays. <laughs> it's, it's funny you mentioned that laying shot because I completely forgot about that. By now you've mentioned it, I totally remember it. And there's also another famous shot in the film. Um, have you seen the film Panic Room? David Fincher movie. No, no. That, that was famous for a shot where the camera goes from right at the back of the room and it zooms all the way in. But it doesn't really zoom. It kind of, I suppose, what's the word for it? It kind of tracks in all the way mm. through the room and it goes through the handle of the coffee cup. And at the time... Oh, yes. Yeah, at yeah. the time, people were going mad about that, saying that How is like... How the an hell ama- did they do that? Yeah. It was like in 2002 <laughs> or whatever. And I, yeah. I, like, I presume it was some kind of CGI... But I, th- I think I think people would be surprised um, to see how much like green screen CGI stuff is used these days. Possibly, arguably, when it doesn't technically need to be used because it's just cheaper, right? Yeah, just for expense and and, and you know actor availability and location shoot. Yeah, yeah, it's because have you ever seen the um, a- the um, the the dragons in quotes that um, what's her name Amelia Clark had to act with for her dragon scenes in Game of Thrones? No, it's I just, mean, it's just like, ridiculous. They're, oh, they're, when they like fellas, when they're fellas and lasses in in suits. With no, it's, um, well, at the start of the plot line when the dragons are small. There, mm. it's it's like it's quite hard to explain, but it's like a little green, um, almost like a marshmallow on the end of a yeah, green stick. Bubble. Yeah, so so that I think that's just for sight lines. I think yeah. that's just for like where the head would be effectively. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so what? It's, it's the trickery. It's the magic of modern cinema, Peter. You know, the, the magic, magic of modern cinema. The magic of modern podcasting. People wouldn't know that you and I aren't even <laughs> in the same room. You know. Yeah, people wouldn't know that I'm completely stark bollock naked. I think they would assume that by now. And on yeah, that bombshell, let's go and take that, a break yeah. while Pete goes and puts some clothes on. And when we come back, we'll do some of your emails because that, over the years, has become the custom. See you in a minute. It's the Luke and Pete Show. I am Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by uh, Luke Moore. And welcome uh, after a, a short advertorial, Jean. We are back and we are back with your emails. Luke, how can people get in touch and tell us about their lives? You just come up to us. Um, yeah tenderly get our attention by observe, but by also observing social distance rules just by maybe doing a, a faint bird call when you see us in the street like this uh, uh, and then we'll know it's you I've got you. a thing to say about doing a poo in a shower come, come. <laughs> yeah we'll commit it to memory and we'll read it out on the show <laughs> If you yeah. don't want to do that, if you're much more of a bluff old traditionalist than that, you can email hello at com, or you can find us on Twitter, which is at Luke and Pete Show. Indeed. Um, oh, we've got do, you, sorry, do you want me to carry on? I thought you were going to chip in then. 
Well, I, I was going to jump in with an email. Is that Chip all right? Chip in, mate. Chip in, brother. Chip in, mate. Um, my laptop's actually quite far away from me right now, so I'm, I'm really straining to read this. Uh, Simon Mitchell. Hello, Simon, in Norwich. Uh, I've named you completely. Hopefully, um, this email isn't going to suddenly go, don't read my name out. Um, you asked about dogs, Luke and Pete. Mine is a C word. Second day of lockdown, she tripped on a tennis ball uh, and ruptured her cruciate lim- ligament. Bangor's my excuse to exercise. <laughs> oh, Simon in Norwich. I had no idea that dogs had cruciate lig- ligaments that they could uh, that they could damage. Yeah, sure they have. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a all right, very... Um... All right, Tappy, tapping away. I'm, I'm tapping away because I just typed in how much to repair a dog's ACL. <laughs> <laughs> Probably punchy, you'd imagine. Oh, it's expensive, isn't it? It's expensive. Oh, it's, when I when I go past our local vet surgery, when I go past mm. it and I see all the improvements they're making, the fact they've yeah. knocked through into the next building and they're making yeah. it big, and now they've got a show off dog section and a cat section, it makes me <laughs> sick because I'm telling you now. According to this website I'm looking at, dogkneeinjury.com, dogkneeinjury.com for those who want to check it out, to have a um, dog's ACL done. Uh, To be fair, this price does include four home visits post-operation and an initial physical therapy session, all anesthesia and pre- and post-operative x-rays, as well as the surgery itself. How much do you reckon Mm. it is in the city of New York, Peter? City of New York, I would say a tidy ten grand. Six thousand three hundred and fifty quid. Dollars. Dollars. Look. Dollars. Look, I mean, yeah, I mean that's not bad for me. Um I think my dad uh has been on a waiting list for a knee operation for about three years. So get maybe that it. might be get a vet to do it. I'm sure it's roughly the same. That's I know what, the legs um, bend in a different way, but still Isn't that what drug cartels do? Because they don't want to be on the book books, so they have like a corrupt vet that does the operations for them. Nice, enjoyable. I think the um, I think in many ways a lot of dog surgeries are more expensive than usual surgeries because as soon as that wound gets opened, if it's a local anaesthetic, um, actually that's probably why they send the dogs to sleep, don't they? Because if they open up the wound and the dog is uh, awake and can see that there are bones inside his leg, he's gonna go for it, isn't he? <laughs> He's going to go, fucking hell, I had no idea I'd hidden that bomb there. Oh, my God, I'm full of them. I'm full of them. Absolutely full of them. Yeah, it's it's an occupational hazard. I was thinking as well that that's a blanket price, right, $6,350. If I'm going in there with a St. Bernard, am I paying more than if I went in there with a Chihuahua? (laughs) Yeah, well, you'd think that that operation would be easier because it would be the the actual um, knee would be bigger, wouldn't it? So you wouldn't need... All the uh, the the um, magnifying lenses, yeah, yeah, zoom lenses. No. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so in, in many ways actually, it's going to be harder to fix a Chihuahua's knee because it's almost like microscopic. Yeah, and if you bring in a Saint Bernard, though, you you might get um, tempted by the little uh, rum around his neck. Yeah, that's true. And you don't want to do surgery drunk, so the, there's no. that as well. Have it at the end is a little treat. <laughs> the um, end, little I treat. want six thousand dollars to get that thing up on the table. That's what I want. Uh, Um, I've got an email here from Luke. Actually, it's from someone else called Luke, um, who Mm. says, um, hi, guys. Um, 
not a boarding school story. Of course, we were talking about boarding schools a while ago, but a weird yeah. teacher story nonetheless. At my secondary school in Leicester, we had a design and tech teacher who we all thought was the epitome of coolness. He'd climb on the roof to collect footballs and even built from scratch and flew his own plane. That didn't happen. He's made that up. Um, People do that. Do they? Yeah, they kick, kick planes. I mean, I would not get in one, but uh, yeah, they do yeah. that. Yeah, because planes are expensive, turns out. Well, listen, we need to put a shout-out to Pilot Neil. I'll tell you what, if mm. Pilot Neil spent less time emailing and moaning and more time building his own plane, he wouldn't be grounded for so long. Morning. Anyway, um, but one day, so me and a few... <laughs> Luke continues. Uh, one day, me and a few mates had an experience with him that stayed with me. We didn't realise it at the time, but in hindsight, it was definitely problematic. Our school used to have a big hill on it, and we'd spend our lunch times occasionally using our bags to sledge down it in winter. That is textbook. Oh, behind the um, behind the hill was a big patch of woodland, and one day our teacher, who I won't name, came up to a few of us and accused us of, in quotes, harming the trees. He said he'd be <laughs> instructed by the head to find out who was damaging the trees by pulling off branches and ripping off bark. Now, this is a bit rich from a CDT teacher who presumably works with wood all the time. Yeah, um, he's like a yeah. He he he's, he very much um, is the enemy of trees. Why yeah. is he suddenly defending them? He'll turn. He said. Apparently, he, he then said to the to the kids, he'll need to smell all of our hands to see if he could smell the wood. He then proceeded to rub his nose on each of our hands and sniff loudly. After he did this to each of us, he decided we weren't the culprits and proceeded to leave us alone. Looking back, this is perhaps the most bizarre thing I ever experienced at school. Genuinely don't know if there was any tree-related crimes committed or he just wanted to smell the hands of 13-year-old boys. Love the show. Cheers, Luke. Um, Is that fair enough? That's, I mean, that's taken a turn, but I'm thinking, yeah, maybe there is something sexual because there, there is no need to smell people's hands to see if they have been pulling off bits of a tree. I can remember the absolute nadir of my teenage years mm. was when um, we were walking back from probably drinking in the park, let's say. It was almost certainly mm. that. And um, one of my friends, who I won't name, um, took the bin liner out of a dog bin and threw all the little plastic bags of dog shit all over the road, right? Right. Terrible thing to do. I'm not endorsing it. Did I think it was funny at the time? Yes, actually, probably. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, right, that happened. And we carried on walking, whatever. It's a stupid thing to do when you're a teenager. It's not, um, you know, it's not hardcore super sex, Lynn, but it's not not ideal. Um, Anyway, police pull up, don't they? Because we're in a small town, there's nothing else to do. And... um, they make us stand there and the police officer smelt all of our hands to see which one smelt the worst of dog shit. And um, that was probably the low point of my the teenage years, I would say. I mean, I would say that um, a lot of the poo bags are perfumed, so it would be the perfume he'd be... Not in the 90s, take. mate! No, oh, well, you look at you even have bloody dog bin, dog bin poops. Dog bin <laughs> bags. Dog pooping, dog pooping bags. I'm telling you now... <laughs> Dog poo bin bags were not perfumed in the 90s. Nothing was perfumed in the 90s apart from <laughs> adolescent skin. And if it was, it was Lynx Africa. It was brute. It the smell of Lynx Africa. Brute aquatonic. Did you used to like Lynx Africa? <laughs> Did you used to like Lynx when you were a kid? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I think I got involved with the Africas and the... Um, what was the icy one? Was there an icy one? Yeah. I, only, I like Java. Flavors back in the day. I used to like Java. Java you know yes. that? Yeah. 
It's like um, it's, uh, but I, I can't help but think of the programming language Java or the Monkey. JavaScript. Mm, yeah, indeed. Listen, anyone, mm. anyone who's uh, listening, if you've ever got in trouble uh, with a dog bin, uh, email in. Donaldson, you almost certainly have because you've, as you always say, got access in quotes to two dogs. Got access to two dogs. I um, a couple of days ago, I forgot the poo bags and um, resorted to using a big leaf. To pick up the uh, <laughs> to pick up the excrement, um, I What's ran out of leaves. It? Luckily, luckily the second dog had um, wild diarrhea. Um, so it, like, even if I had a bag, I wasn't picking that up. So I just poured a bit of bottled water on it, and it went away. Did you say Job your life done. turned out as you expected it to? I presumed it would my, be my own shit, to be honest. So <laughs> if anything, it's an upgrade. I just don't <laughs> know what people are thinking, mate, when they walk past and see you doing that with a big leaf. <laughs> <laughs> Big lily pad. Yeah, <laughs> it worked though. It worked. I didn't get any on my hands or nothing. What did you do with it? Put it in the dog bin? Just threw it into all people's home. No. <laughs> Very bin. sustainable environmentally though. Applause Very you for that. Sustainable. I know, right? Yeah. Because what, what <laughs> pisses me off is when people will just put the dog poo in a bag and then leave the bag on the floor. It's like, well, you're not fucking doing it. You're making it worse because you've actually got, a, you've introduced a non-biodegradable element to this. <laughs> well, most of the bins are bin bags are biodegradable, but obviously that's going to take a long time to break down. Yeah. Um, it's when people hang them on like uh, trees. I presume they're, they're, they're cooked, yeah, hanging on trees. I presume they're coming back from them, but they've forgotten where they've put them. Nah. I suppose happens too it's... often. They're doing it on purpose. Yeah, I went for I went for what you said in some woods, and my god, like the rules of you know pooing on the street. You know, you remember in the eighties, there was just dog poo everywhere. Yeah. Like now. In this woods, people just leaving big old dog turds everywhere. And I was kicking a football around because um, that's my business. Uh, and, yeah, it kept on rolling really near the dog poo. It was horrible. Yeah. I, I, mean, I find dog poo quite depressing. Yeah, I find it evocative of a yeah, simpler but, time. Of a time gone by. Look, I don't think yeah. – I think most people who've got their own podcast would think about doing 15 to 20 minutes on dog poo and think that's a low percentage play for the listener. But you and I <laughs> have proven that it can be done. And I think that mm. we can't follow it. We cannot yeah. follow it. So I think we should Let's leave it there. Let's just pop the whole podcast. Leave it there. Pop the podcast in a little biodegradable bag yeah. or a leaf and put yeah. it in the bin. Yeah. Put it. In, where did you say you put it? In an old people's home. Don't do that. Yeah, put it um, in a, throw it in an old people's home. And um, we'll come back on Thursday to see if it's turned white. Hmm. Apparently it was to do with the chalk percentages. We'll see you soon. Hello at localpatreon.com to get in touch. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pete, but that is the worst ending to any episode we've ever done. Well, we can always beat it for Thursday, sure, can't we? This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.